0: Welcome to Talk Dizzy to Me, the show that brings you a comprehensive look into the complex field of dizziness. Now here are your hosts, vestibular physical therapist, Dr. Abby Ross and Dr. Danielle Tate. Welcome back to Talk Dizzy to Me. I'm Dr. Abby Ross, vestibular physical therapist, neuroclinical specialist, joined by Dr. Danielle Tate, also a vestibular physical therapist, and we wrapped up day three today today of the Vestibular uh, Disorders Association Virtual Vestibular Conference. Today's topic was what we do every day, (laughs) vestibular therapy. So let's talk about a few takeaways from today, especially from our perspective, maybe touch on some of the questions that were answered. For me, I think one of the biggest takeaways is just how important your history is, you know, bringing Mm -hmm. all the details to your therapist, answering the questions so your therapist can really paint that clinical picture and make clinical decisions based on what you're telling them.
1: Yeah especially being very specific about what triggers your symptoms. So I think Tara had mentioned that we are very individualized with every single one of our patients and one thing we work on is habituation. So um, if you have something like bending over that makes it a little bit more symptomatic for you, Um, introducing these noxious stimuli over and over and over again can be very counterintuitive for the patient but very successful for treating those symptoms and getting into those positions so eventually those start to kind of just um, uh, wean away and you start to feel better with getting a better quality of movement throughout your day. So what's it's something that seems very counterintuitive to do is actually the direction that we have to point patients in. Um, so it's very, very important to be specific about what triggers your symptoms so that we can cater these exercises directly around what you want to achieve in therapy.
0: Yeah. And along that note, you know, the magic doesn't happen necessarily within our session once, twice a week, however often you see your therapist. It really happens at home for most diagnoses. It's about the homework that your provider gives you and the repetition of you performing that homework so that the next time you see your therapist you can progress a little or tweak a little something and get you closer to being back to hopefully your more normal self.
1: Yeah. That consistency is gold. That is the most important thing when it comes to vestibular therapy. It needs to happen every single day. You need to do those exercises at home and it's all supported by research. I mean, and it's not that much For acute issues with vestibular dysfunction, you're looking at a combined effort of 12 minutes a day. For your chronic vestibular issues, you're looking at a combined effort of 20 minutes a day of exercises. So if your therapist gives you maybe four or five different exercises that you're supposed to do for a minute each, I mean, that's only a handful of times a day that you have to sprinkle them in throughout in order to get your time in. So it's kind of like dieting. You can't diet twice a week for an hour and expect to lose weight. Same thing, Uh you can't just... (laughs) I <laughs> oh, that would be nice, right? <laughs> um, but you have to do those exercises every single day. You can't just come into therapy and expect to be fixed in a 45-minute appointment only being once, uh, once or twice a week. So that home compliance is so important. I think even in the guidelines for vestibular therapy, they recommend that you see patients just one time a week to touch base with them and make sure you hammer home the importance of the home exercise program. So I was really, really happy that both in the presentation and the Q and a Tara kind of hit that home. And so did you to really make sure that we emphasize and stress that home exercise program, the burden needs to be on the patient. They need to have that responsibility to follow through with their care.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Agreed. And I always ask patients to tie their exercise in with something they do every day. If you brush your teeth every morning, do one of your exercises in conjunction with brushing your teeth. you know, If you make coffee while the coffee's brewing, do one of your exercises. For the most part, like you said, the similar exercises are pretty quick. There's only one real home exercise that I think takes a little bit longer because of the rest breaks involved and that's any habituation for motion sensitivity with positional changes. But other than that, things are pretty quick. As long as your symptoms return to baseline in a decent amount of time, you can get through them no problem.
1: Absolutely. And I I like how she also touched on the different types of therapy that we do, whether it's trying to get the system to come back on and strengthen, right? Um, or if it's something like a substitution where, yes, we know that your inner ear isn't working either on one or both sides, but we can strengthen the other systems that contribute to spatial awareness and balance by putting you through very specific exercises. There was a question in the chat about having bilateral loss. Mm-hmm. And just because you have bilateral loss, whether it's complete or if it's partial, there's still something that you can do as far as vestibular therapy is Concerned, and that's where that substitution idea comes in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Definitely. And, you know, also just answering some of the questions today, I liked how Tara, how we were getting questions in the chat and how Tara handled them about specific diagnoses when it comes to vestibular rehab. We've hammered this home already, but not every patient is the same, even if they have the same diagnosis. So like we said before it's really important that you're providing all that feedback and on top of that not every diagnosis is appropriate for for vestibular therapy at at certain times for example in Meniere's disease which we actually touched on in a prior episode
1: with Jeff Walter as well mm-hmm. yeah i mean absolutely it's not like we are advocating that you know vestibular therapy is one size fits all or is going to help every single person that does it it's not and it's especially not going to help if you're not with the right clinician Mm -hmm. Um, you know that goes back to doing your due diligence and making sure you're with the right um, clinician you're with the right practitioner who has the training and knows what they're doing Um, so there are people that have had bad experiences with vestibular therapy. Maybe they just didn't have the right match when it comes to who was treating them and how they were going about their treatment. Um, so this is, it's a very complicated topic. It's also something that a lot of people have no idea what it is. Um, when I tell people that I treat dizziness, they go, well, how do you do that? There's exercises for that? I had no idea.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and the, the truthful answer to that is it's so different and it depends, patient to patient. I think um, Janine is going to touch on this tomorrow, but but she said, if you, if you've met somebody with a vestibular dysfunction, you've met one person with a vestibular dysfunction. Every single person is very, very different. Um, so again, what works for one person is not going to work for another and may work for somebody else in some different capacity. Um, but it's very individualized. It is very skilled in how it's being prescribed. For instance, um, I had this patient who was coming in, we were working on some vestibular therapy and I gave her a gaze stabilization exercise. And if you watch today, that's when you look at a target, keep your eyes on the target and turn your head back and forth. So we had done this in the office, sitting down in a quiet room against a very plain wall, which was tolerable for the full minute that we did it for. So she thought she would get it into her daily routine by doing this while walking down the aisle at a supermarket oh. with her husband.
0: <laughs>
1: and let me tell you, that was when was, she came back, she's like, I don't know what happened, but I feel 10 times worse. And I, I was asking her, can you show me, can you tell me what you were doing when you were doing this? Like, when are you doing your exercises? And she explained how she put herself in a grocery store in a busy environment while walking and doing her gay stabilization. I said that was obviously or honestly the probably complete opposite end of the spectrum. You progress yourself forward by months. You progress so, yourself forward to graduation. That's yes, said. <laughs> I said I'm very impressed that you you went that hard that fast. However, that is not how this works um, no. with vestibular therapy. It's not no pain, no gain. It is listen to your body, follow the rule of fives with not letting your Symptoms get above a five out of 10, and really making sure that you don't flare things up and put yourself into a tizzy. Um, It can be very difficult, it can be very complicated, but it can also be very successful when done properly.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I think another part of this, like Danny mentioned, finding the right clinician. If you're not connecting with your clinician, if you're not having, you know, those conversations or do you, if you don't feel comfortable talking to your therapist, well, this isn't working for me. This is working for me. Find another. I In the in the day and age of telehealth, you know, I, I do think more clinicians are readily available now, including Danny and I in the states of Florida, Virginia, Maryland, uh, South, Carolina. <laughs> South Carolina, Texas, and New York. Yeah. I mean, we do cover six states, not mm-hmm. all, but six of them. And in in the age of virtual therapy, which we talked about a little today with Tara, her clinic also is doing virtual therapy. And my take and her take was uh, that it's pretty good feedback from patients and clinicians alike, surprisingly, maybe, but pretty good
1: feedback. For the right people, you know, vestibular telehealth is the right way to go and it can be extremely useful. It it could be something that is just easier to fit into your day and able to um, help you progress and get through your symptoms. Um, I have to say, I love, love, love the patient panel today, a third day in a row of just amazing people kind of giving us their stories. First of all, hearing from Alex um, and seeing him as a, a technical pediatric patient, you know, he was only 15 when his symptoms came on, like, It's, it's pretty amazing to hear about that. It's rare. It's not something that you see all the time, especially as a, as a vestibular clinician. I can't say I've seen anybody that young that wasn't a concussion or, or similar. And to have him go through that and hear his story and how that affected his social life and his school life and his sports and what they've done to kind of accommodate that into their everyday new normal was really interesting to hear. And same thing from Ashley, Mm -hmm. you know, she's still figuring out. And the fact that she was on the patient panel during a flare up, I mean, as soon as, as soon as I saw her come up, I could just see the look on her face. You know, the look, Abby, Yeah. Um, when you see them in the waiting room or when they first pop up on your screen, you can tell if it's a good day or a bad day. Right. And she powered through, she was very well-spoken. She had a lot of great points um, to make that day. And she was honest. She said, you know, I had to write everything down and refer to these if I if I needed to look back on stuff and I love that I really really loved that she showed that she was powering through that it sucked but she was still showed up and she was still determined to make this a part of her day and her mission to help other people so that was really cool to see
0: absolutely and you know i think my favorite part of alex's story was when his mom started talking about his friends that just touched me so much whether they hold the door or they go a little slower or whatever it may be whatever modification alex needed at that moment they were so responsive to it and for you know teenagers or young adults that's not always what you hear of so that part really made me happy and then there was someone that commented in the chat which i loved and said that they have learned more from ashley than any clinician they've been to i mean i don't love that they haven't learned those things from a clinician but (laughs) i just i really do love that the vestibular community is so so supportive of each other and that that part really warms my heart
1: well it's it's interesting to bring that point up because you know, we do have a lot more people out there on social media and starting blogs, and I mean on Instagram. Instagram has become a huge platform now. I think for people advocating for their story and putting information out there, and you know what, they're right. A lot of times, you learn more from other people who have gone through something similar than you have from the clinicians and navigating the healthcare system. Um, it's just really interesting to hear that side of things and see that take shape. Um, since we've been uh, doing Talk Dizzy to Z2 Me, our podcast, and since I've started Vestibular Vestibular.today um, and have those social media platforms up and running, the amount of people that start to pay attention to your material is interesting. And then you start checking their pages out and see what kind of content that they have. And there is so much to offer us from diets and hooking up to other resources and hooking you up to the correct doctors and other products that they've been using. I know finding just that right missing puzzle piece could be huge for somebody going through vestibular dysfunction. So to all of our patient panelists and to all of you guys out there that are advocating for um, what you've been going through and helping people with vestibular dysfunction, please, please, please keep it up. Um, You know, don't stop because you really are making a difference. It's, It's really, really good to see.
0: Yeah, and you know, I think we would be remiss not to mention Laura Calla, as she is a patient who has vestibular migraines, and I believe her Instagram handle is dizzy.diaries, but I just think she's done such an unbelievable job leading the patient conversation putting in her perspective as well, intertwining her perspective, and really just the patient perspective in general has added such a nice touch to this vestibular conference. I can't imagine it without it, you know, we well, yeah, patient perspective.
1: Do you also realize that she's in Australia live? I- which is like one o'clock in the morning there. She is literally up in the middle of the night, like a rock star, um, just you know, helping with these patient panels and her ability to multitask and read the chat and engage and really circle back to the conversation blows my mind. I hope that I can someday be as great of a moderator as her. Um, and we are very, very lucky at Vita to have her uh, moderating this week for the patients. I think that is awesome. It has been just the cherry on top.
0: We don't recommend interrupting your sleep if you have a stibular
1: migraine. <laughs> yeah. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> yeah, she's going to probably need a little bit of a vacation after this uh, this week's uh, conference. But, I think so. Uh, another, another really good day. I really hope you guys tune in tomorrow. Tomorrow is day four. We have Janine Holmberg presenting on 3PD or PPPD. Her, I've seen the the, the talk. I've seen the presentation. It's, it's one of my favorites favorites. It's engaging. It's informational. There is so much to take away from it. Please tune in and listen or go back and listen to it if you're listening to this podcast and it's already it's already over. But I think it's going to be fantastic. And then we also have um, Vita's Kathleen Strauss on Friday talking about complementary and alternative medicine. So you don't want to miss them. You're going to want to go back and listen to the other days as well. Please, please, please just give it a look, give it a look and let us know, um, what you guys think. Uh, we'll continue to recap tomorrow. So oh, we yes.
0: can hear from her as well.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, anything else, Abby? I think that's it. I think that's good. we well, will see you tomorrow. All right. Bye everyone.